0: You're listening to a stranger podcast. www.thestranger.com.
1: If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well,
2: there's nothing you can't ask.
1: On the Sabbath, so me and the tech heavy at risk youth were just talking. One of uh, the tech heavy at risk youth is Jewish and I confirmed that myself. Won't say how. Anyway, uh, we were just talking about uh, one of them presented me with a card that said, thou shalt not commit adultery. It's a little Jewish trading card with an image of God on it, which violates one of the other commandments. But so what? God doesn't have a BLT in his hand, you know, so he gets a pass. Anyway, uh, because, you know, I often recommend adulterous behavior on this program And it got us talking about whether it's technically adultery if you're committing it at one end of a guy and your husband is committing it at the other end of the same guy. Are you both having sex uh, with other people and therefore committing adultery at another person but at the same time? Or are you really having sex with each other through either end of one other person's gastrointestinal tract, sort of like the longest uh, sheepskin condom in the world, right? It's a question I just wanted to throw out there for all the Talmudic scholars who I know listen to this show. If you want to call 206 201 2720 and let us know whether or not that's technically adultery or just good, clean fun. Good, clean, marital, practically missionary position, fun. This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus three adult DVDs, plus an extra gift, plus free shipping, visit AdamandEve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to com slash SAVAGE today for details.
0: Hi, Dan. um, This is Rebecca. I am a 21-year-old straight female. And... um, I have a question for you. Um, I spent my last year abroad in England studying, and uh, I was there for about seven months, and the last term, there were three terms, the last term that I was there, I met this guy, um, and we hit it off immediately. I mean, like, like no one I've ever met before. It was really, really excellent, and we, we spent the last two and a half months together that um, I was there as boyfriend, girlfriend, and... Um, he's just absolutely unbelievable he's goofy and intelligent and really kind and gentle and just fun and um, before I left to go back to the United States which was a week ago um, I realized that I was in love with him Um, but there's a problem because he lives in England um, and he should only have one year left undergrad but he's going out for his masters so he has two years left there. Um, I'll be a senior in college this year, so I only have one year left. Um, we talked about um, him coming to visit, and he's coming to visit for, for two weeks in August, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, we've agreed not to see other people for the time being. Um, but we haven't determined whether or not we're going to do this long-term. Right now, the plan is just to have a really great time together in August and then to sort of reassess the thing then. I absolutely adore him, and it's killing me to think that he might come and spend two weeks with me in August and then leave and go back to England, and I'll never see him again. (laughs) Am I stupid to be putting myself through this emotionally? Do Do you think that you should come and visit? I I care about him so much and I would be willing to move to England for a year or two when he finishes up school, but I really don't want to live there term. Um,
1: I, I don't know what to do. You are so besotted with this guy. It's charming. I would encourage people to use that rewind button on their tape cassette recorders that all the kids have now to rewind and sort of listen to you. Uh, you have this thing, this, the symptom of the true loves or the true crushes that I think is so sweet. Uh, it's this sort of combo between a sigh and a grunt where you say things like, I met this guy and it's sort of like, it's like with a at the beginning of it. It's like, it sounds like what I imagine um, vaginal secretions coming through the walls must sound like when they come out. Right. And you keep saying that. So you got to pursue this. You have to, you have to let him come and visit you. And you're afraid of what might be two or three years out, that you might really become attached, really fall in love, and then have to face a decision two, three years down the road about where the both of you are going to live, whether you're going to move to England and be with him or he's going to move to the States and be with you. And you say that you don't want to live there permanently, but that's how you feel now. You don't really have friends over there. You don't know his family. You don't have connections over there because you haven't lived there For a great deal of time yet you may go there for a year and after a year fall so madly in love not just with him but also with London and England that you could never imagine living anywhere else ever again the relationship with him could end and you may decide to stay there because you've fallen so thoroughly in love with London London is like that now he may come in August to see you and you may realize that he's not the guy because, you know, you're under this pressure cooker, just a short trip uh, abroad to study. You met and you both had in the back of your minds the whole time that you were you were leaving at some point. And so maybe that artificially made the relationship more intense or made your attachment uh, more intense. And, and you may discover when he comes that he ain't all that. He ain't what you thought. And then it'll end of its own accord. It may end of its own accord when you're over there for a year. You don't stop Run I used to call this the friend my friend Mike, who I don't know if he listens or not, but he would run the computer. He'd meet some guy and he'd run the program and arrive at all the reasons why it couldn't work out two, three, four years down the road and break up. Because it wasn't gonna work out two, three, four years down the road for these very good reasons. He was a, a tech geek, can you tell? Don't do that. Don't run that program. Just go with it. Go let him come to see you. Fuck the shit out of the hot English guy go if if the relationship on you know holiday visits uh, over the next year is sustains and he has another year at school go be with him and then at some point down the road after that you can revisit the decision about if you guys are going to stay together forever where you're going to end up living but don't obsess about that now because you don't know where you're going to be emotionally 2 3 years from now you may destroy the relationship of your life the love of your life you may walk away from because of what you because of where you think you'll be then now and you may not be accurately assessing that so don't do it go fuck that boy fuck the shit out of that boy over and over and over again you earned it
3: hi dan um i am a 32 year old straight female and i have a problem Basically, for all of my dating life, I was attracted to assholes. I had an abusive father, you know, et cetera, stuff you've probably already heard. And most of my relationships, you know, lasted a couple of months before the jerk typically dumped me for another woman. Um, You know, I only had two long-term relationships my whole life. The first was in college, and he cheated on me on spring break with his ex-girlfriend, and the second one was for about uh, one and a half years when I was 27, and he had a nervous breakdown and basically moved across the country to be with his mother. So he basically um, left me for his mother, and after that, I dated a chronic womanizer who died of uh, alcoholism. So, you know, basically, I've been abandoned my whole life by men. Um, So about a year ago, I actually met a decent guy who was kind, attractive, um, you know, all the good stuff. He wanted to see me seven days a week, gave me keys to his apartment within a month of dating, you know, speaks of marriage and children with me, um, all this good stuff, you know, that I never really had before. Um, but here's the catch is that he's good friends with about four or five of his ex-girlfriends, and it just drives me crazy. You know, one of them is okay because she's married and has a baby, so I don't really view her as a threat but these other bitches, you know, not so much, you know, I feel like I constantly compare myself to them. I'm monitoring their Facebook profiles to see if they're up to no good. Um, You know, it's gotten to the point where we fight several times a week about them. Um, The other thing too, is he's kind of, he's um, like a theater guy. He's artistic. So people are more free about being in relationships with their exes. You know, I work in an office nine to five and, I don't keep in contact, I don't want to keep in contact with any of my exes. But anyway, so there's this one. one of them, one of them, one of his exes, she's this skank, um, literally lives down the street from him, a block away, and she's constantly calling him on the phone. Um, another one of these whores keeps inviting us over to dinner, and I told him absolutely not, that, you know, I'm not gonna go. I know that she's bisexual, um, and that she might be trying to get a threesome. And, um, You know, I just, I constantly look at their pictures on Facebook. I see if they're skinnier than me, if they're more talented, more athletic. Um, And basically, you know, he refuses to give up his friendships with these women. And he freaks out that I'm trying to control him. You know, when I tell him things like, it's okay to be friends with them. I just don't want you to go to their apartments. You know, I just, basically, I don't understand why they want to be friends with him unless they're trying to win him back. You know, sometimes I think about slashing their tires or punching them and, you know, I don't want to let these bitches take my man away from me, but you know, the constant fighting is driving a wedge between us and destroying our relationship. And I was wondering if, is there anything I can do to get over my jealousy? Um, You know, the other day, you know, one of them, the one that was down the street, she keeps telling him that she wants to meet me. And, um, you know, basically they were friends. um, I'm sorry. They were on and off for about five years. And now and she left him because he wouldn't commit to her, and he did commit to me. And she all of a sudden wants to be my BFF, and I'm really suspicious of her. Anyway, if there's anything you can do to help, please. Thank you.
1: I'm afraid to say a word. I just I don't want you coming after me. You, I'm a 32 year old straight. You're a 32 year old batshit crazy bitch. I'm sorry. I I just had to, like. You there you are calling everyone he's ever dated a bitch, a skank, a whore, thinking about slashing their tires. I was really hating on you throughout that entire call. You know, if all the men you've ever dated are jerks and assholes and fuckers, you're the common denominator, which is not to say that you're a stupid bitch. It's to say that you maybe you were choosing all the wrong men. For some reason, it seems to me you have some desire to be abandoned by men because you're either choosing jerks or in this case you're doing everything you can to drive this guy who seems to be a good guy away with this bullshit psycho bitch behavior. You are the problem. And I was all ready just to like call you names and address him directly and beg him to dump you ASAP if he's a listener. Um, hopefully he's not until you said toward the end of the call, is there anything I can do to get over my jealousy? So on some level, you recognize that the problem here is you and the problem is yours, that he has good relations with his exes, that his exes think back on their time together fondly. Isn't something that should threaten you. It's something that you should look at as something that recommends him as a person and a human being. That people can be in relationship with him and the relationship ends for whatever legitimate reason. And nobody has to slash anybody's tires. Nobody has to die. Nobody has to move home with mom. Nobody has to live the rest of their lives being hated passionately by this, that, or the other ex. He's doing something right. You're doing everything wrong, as you recognize subtly and I'm sure not entirely consciously there at the end when you identify the problem as you and yours. How do you get over your jealousy? Get a fucking shrink right fucking now. And every day when you feel that suspicion and jealousy welling up in your soul, remind yourself that the problem isn't him and his exes and their desire to meet you and know you. The problem is you and your fucking psycho bullshit. My ex cuts my boyfriend and my son's hair. He's really not trying to get back in my pants, right? That we are on good terms points to our maturity and the fact that you know there was something there that was good otherwise there wouldn't be this relationship now that is also good to just what we weren't right for each other sexually uh romantically for the long term when we were right for each other, actually for about a year but not for the long term maybe the case with him and all of his ex-girlfriends it is i guarantee you it is the case with him and all of his ex-girlfriends Get a therapist. You're the common denominator in this endless parade of failed relationships. You have a problem. Unfortunately, he has a problem right now too. You. He's going to get rid of you and probably soon. And then you're going to pull the same fucking routine where you blame him and he was an asshole and a jerk like all the others. Doesn't sound like it from here. It sounds like he was a pretty decent good guy and your bullshit is turning him away from you and is destroying his affections for you and he's going to stop eventually regarding you as someone that he wants in his life and he's going to chuck you the fuck out and it's not because he was an asshole it's because you had a problem with jealousy and psycho bullshit behavior and you are a bitch and you need help professional help and you need it now. Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free extra gift plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com and enter savage at checkout. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like the Savage Lovecast. And you know what? The Savage Lovecast is not the gayest thing in the world that you can download and play back anywhere. I think that would be Seth Rudetsky's Broadway Nights, a novel about Broadway and Seth – narrated by Kristen Chenoweth and Andrea Martin and other Broadway stars, including Seth Rudetsky. Uh, it looks like the gayest thing you could stick in your ear short of a cock. Again, go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage for your free audiobook download today.
3: Hi, Dan. This is Brenda. I'm a 28-year-old happily married mother, um, and I've run into a problem. I was pretty inexperienced when I, sexually inexperienced when I met my husband. Um, and it's been a fine sex life. Um, but I guess I didn't realize what I was missing. I've never cheated on him, never had any thoughts or wants to do so in, in the eight years we've been married. Um, but I found someone this weekend, and it was crazy. Um, I didn't even know sex could be like that.
0: I <laughs> had my first
3: um, orgasm during sex, multiple, in fact. So... I guess I
1: just don't know what to do now this is why I think people should fuck around before they get married Um, so that you know the person you marry sucks in bed uh, you know it or you know what you're missing and maybe you can make demands and up their game or marry someone who pleases you more sexually Uh, since uh, we regard a lifetime of sexual exclusivity as sort of uh, identifying characteristic of modern heterosexual marriage which is retarded in my opinion all right, you say that you never wanted to cheat on him, and then you say, I found someone this weekend. Uh, I wish I could have gotten you uh, on the air for some follow up questions. Where did you find this person? Did you go looking for this person? Was this is a cosmonaut who fell from space and landed in your bedroom. How did this person uh, happen to find you uh, when you say you weren't looking? But now that you've, you know, seen Paris, how are you going to go back down to the farm? (laughs) Now that you've seen what sex can be, what do you do about the husband? Well, you have two choices. You can either tell him what happened, um, which will very likely result in the destruction of your marriage uh, or the end of your marriage. And I don't know if that's something you want or logistically is something that's even possible. Perhaps you're completely dependent on him financially. And honesty, although everyone will bite my fucking head off or urging you to think about whether or not you should be honest, honesty is not always possible under certain circumstances. Sometimes you have to suck it up, deal with the guilt, uh, and keep it to yourself and take it to the grave uh, for your own sake, for your husband's sake, for your wife's sake, for your kid's sake. Sometimes that's just the way it is. I think you could, at eight years, go to the husband and say, I'm bored. Um, Sexually, I feel like we're really not connecting and haven't been for a very long time. And I want us to up our games. I want to have with you and here you omit in brackets, the sex I had with that other dude and say, I want to have with you the kind of sex that I know that we're capable of. And you know, you're capable of it because you done did it with that other guy and then really open up to each other sexually about your interests, about his interests, about his fantasies. I guarantee that if you feel like your sex life isn't rocking with the husband, he probably feels the same way about you. And you may have to take at least the risk, if not disclosing the affair as the uh, impetus for this conversation, take at least the risk of being truthful and direct with him about your dissatisfaction with your sex life in its current state and your hopes for having a better and hotter and more interesting sex life with him in future. Now, if you're sincere about saving your marriage and you love this guy and you, you want to stay together with him and you want to make it work, you might not be able to keep seeing this other guy. You don't even say if that's a possibility to say, what do I do? What do I do? Well, you you, you do what you you think is best. <laughs> you can have sex with this other guy a few more times just to assure yourself, if you like, that it wasn't a coincidence that the sex really was that great, that it wasn't just his newness or... Um, you know, the alignment of some mysterious planets that he had nothing to do with that made the sex with him so awesome. And, you know, have sex with him a few more times to really like take some notes that then you can bring home and relay to the husband uh, omitting again uh, why you are making these criticisms and uh, asking him to uh, approach you in new and different ways. And then see where it goes. You got yourself into a real spot. And there's no time machine here. Like, I could advise you to jump back before your marriage and fuck a few guys uh, before you married your husband to make sure that he was who you wanted to be with. But it's too late for that. And now, since you've tasted that forbidden adulterous fruit, adultery being the theme of the show, apparently, you're in a spot. And the reason I'm hemming my and hawing my way through this is I really do sincerely feel that people have a right at some point in their lives to really experience a powerful sexual connection to really have some great sex. So I don't want to tell you just to dump this other dude if it's a regular possibility, because it would sadden me to think that the rest of your life or anyone's life, they could never experience the pleasure that you experienced in that moment with that other person. And so, you know, this is where I get into trouble with the, you know, honesty at all uh, times crowd and the adultery is always wrong crowd. Because I actually think that going your entire life without the experience that you had with this other guy, however destabilizing the experience was and however much of a threat it might be to your marriage, that going your whole life without that kind of powerful sexual connection and experience to having your first orgasms during sex isn't something that anyone should have to live without their entire lives. And, and lives are messy and complicated. And long-term relationships are messy and complicated. So if you stepped out on the husband and had an affair – and experience the sexual pleasure outside your marriage that you were never going to get, or at least haven't gotten up to now within. I don't want to condemn you for that because I really do think that you have a right to that experience at some time in your life. I also think that the lesson you can take away from this experience is if you don't want. To find yourself seeking these opportunities with other men in the future, that when this affair, if you decide to pursue it as an affair, as an adulterous affair on the side and hide it from the husband, that when this affair ends, if you want to ensure that you don't have to take this risk again to find the sexual pleasure that you now know that you're capable of, that that's when you turn to the husband and really take a scorched earth policy to your sex life with him up to this moment and say everything that we've been doing isn't working and I want a whole new deal sexually. He doesn't have to know why you're making this demand all of a sudden. You can just tell him that you're 20, however, late 20s, hitting your sexual peak and you have new and different interests and you want to pursue them with him and try to up his game and up your marital game so that after this affair is over, you don't start looking down the road for the next uh, dude who ain't the husband to provide you with the sexual pleasure that you really have a right to.
2: Hey Dan, I have struggled with complete letter to the law monogamy, um, for a long time, even though I'm way into committed partnership. I'm 33, been with an awesome man for almost 11 years, married for seven. Um, we have an incredible connection, wonderful life together. Um, unfortunately sexuality has been our struggle for a while. Um, I'm much higher libido, much more into sexual adventure, and we've done a lot of work with that. We are now having more satisfying sex than in the past, but um, in the past, he was willing to give me the occasional green light for some extracurricular fun, and that was really wonderful. But about a year ago, I fucked up, made a bad choice, fucked an off-limits person who I wasn't supposed to, and... Was super wasted at the time, and even had unprotected sex, which was terrible, stupid, and I am just so grateful my partner was awesome enough to even forgive me and move forward so a year later now, my question is, is there any point at which I deserve another shot at that degree of openness, that occasional boundary degree of openness because I am still struggling to reconcile my sexual desires, and I worry that not having that degree at all is unrealistic in the long run, but I'm worried because even bringing up the topic is still pretty upsetting to my partner, and I don't want to pick the scab, and maybe my behavior is so crappy I don't deserve another shot. So I would love to hear your thoughts, if I ever deserve the privilege again, and if so, how to bring it up when it's still so hurtful to the person I love. No way.
1: No way. Ha uh-huh. ha Thanks for me. calling. Hey, don't fuck me. I'm off-limits. Just want to get that out there before we talk. Uh,
2: no problem. I'm on my good behavior.
1: <laughs> my boyfriend has a strict no-fucking-women-on-the-phone-who-called-into-the-podcast policy, so that, that's uh, you're off-limits to me.
2: <laughs> well, I'm sure that adds to the longevity of your
1: relationship. It does. in the prison of our relationship, yours and mine. We are, to each other, forbidden fruit. Now, the, the reason I'm calling you back uh, with a follow-up is, so... You say this other person was off limits. Can you be a little more specific? Like, how extreme sure. violation of of your boyfriend was husband. this pick, or your husband was <laughs> this Um yes. Well, there was this
2: No, a coworker.
1: Mm-hmm. And why was that? Coworkers were just declared off limits.
2: Well, in general, we had kind of agreed that um, coworkers or close friends were off
1: limits. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't. And he wants to be in a relationship where he's perceived as. You guys are perceived as monogamous, and you right. fucking in your social circles means that it'll get around that.
2: Messy and dramatic too, and he doesn't want to have to deal with that when he's at work, which I completely understand. Yeah, and, yeah absolutely. And it, you know, kind of the agreement that we wanted it more to be just an occasional degree of openness, not how we were like.
1: But is it is it workable to say you can occasionally sit with other people, just no one we know? Because then yeah, we're well, going to think get it, people on the bus, strangers are down at the. You know, <laughs>
2: right. Well, that's what's a little hard because my city is a little small, and we've lived here forever, and we know a lot of people. So, I guess ideally the agreement so
1: would it, have been the agreement you had allowed him to hope that this would happen rarely, if ever. And it allowed you to live in in hope that it would happen at some time or other. Yes. But practically speaking, the agreement was very, very limiting.
2: Um. Yeah. I think it was a little bit limiting. I honestly, I think that.
1: um, How often did you get to 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 you know, slake your libido by fucking other guys under these terms? Did I? Yeah. Um. Did you get to do this before you fucked up and banged a coworker of his?
2: Mm, well, I um, think okay, the opportunity maybe a couple times a year, mm-hmm. and the opportunities were kind of rare because it was really hard to meet somebody that felt like the right fit within
1: our agreement. So, mm-hmm. but a couple times a year, now that's pretty. That's that's pretty decent, I think.
2: Yeah, but see, yeah, now that I feel like whatever privileges I had,
1: right, right. I'm just trying to like get a sense <laughs> of whether he established limits, or uh, you guys you agreed to limits that were so restricting that it was just inevitable that you would have to violate them to fuck somebody else. Within if, the last if couple the restrictions weren't so limiting that you couldn't find guys every once in a while. It sounds like they weren't that restricting if you were finding guys every, you know, once or twice a year or more.
2: Yeah, and girls, he was also a lot more okay if it was women, which seems a little heterosexist, but I think there was something about that not wanting to run into dudes around town that would be like, yeah, fuck your wife kind of thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't I mean, imagine why that would bother him. <laughs> right. You fucked on the side weren't so crass as to approach your husband and say, yeah, I fucked your wife.
2: Yeah, but even just knowing that they'd be thinking that, I think, was, you know, a source of concern and, and annoyance. did he have an
1: ID policy where if you fucked somebody else, you had to tell him who and when and who it was? Well, you
2: know, the thing, um, he, he wanted it to be don't ask, don't tell. He, I think really the point we're at, and, you know, over the years we had kind of, Worked in different ways with this, but the point that we are at, where we left off, couple, you know, within the last couple of years, I think he was really wishing that we, um, that I didn't really feel a need for that at all anymore.
1: And but you didn't I feel was... the need because he has a much lower libido than you do. Yeah. Have you guys tried yeah. organized swinging where it's more <laughs> controlled, and you can drive to a party, and there's a <laughs> smorgasbord of men, and he can watch you with women, and. He can be assured that the guys that you may mess around with in that environment aren't anybody that he knows, because he's. Soft. Oh,
2: I don't think. See, yeah, I don't think that um, felt right for either one of us. Really, I mean, I'm not ruling anything out, but I know he would not be comfortable with anything like that. You have um, but say, well, I mean,
1: <laughs> I mean, the I, I think you know he may say that. Oh, I don't think that would work for me. But one of the problems with you know disorganized swinging as opposed to organized swinging, is that it's disorderly. You know, if, if the entire right. world is available to you, the entire world of men that aren't, you know, the handful or, score, you know, a few scores of guys that he knows personally or works with, then every man he sees on Earth has potentially fucked his wife. And right. <laughs> I think that's going to make him more insecure in the long run than knowing that in this environment, this environment where these people self-select as non-monogamous couples who are also coupled and therefore less of a threat to, to your marriage, just from this pool you will draw these guys. Um, and, and, you know, single women are welcome at, at swingers' parties. So even if he doesn't want to go...
2: Yeah, I don't he think he'd ever
1: want that. See, <laughs> It is an environment where you could go as a single woman and mess only around with other guys, you know, some men who are married and women, because there's a lot of uh, bisexual female action uh, at swingers' events. And it would be entirely removed from you. Probably even your city where you live. You'd probably have to travel a little bit for this if you really do live (laughs) in town. Uh, And so I would recommend him thinking about that. But you really do have to go to him on bended knee and say, "I realized I fucked up, but for the reasons that we established the deal that we had in the past, we need to reestablish it because those things, those circumstances haven't changed. You know, low libido. I have a high libido. I realized I fucked up." I, you know i've been on you know i've done my penance i've proved to you that I can be monogamous again, that you know and i've and I want to know when um my period of you know paying your debt to society is over
2: yeah it it makes them so sad it's just oh it sucks, and we really have good communication we've been together eleven years we can talk about things but I just see his heart breaking when I begin to bring up this issue and I think he just I think he has this feeling of oh god here we go again I thought this was all we're just going to go away and I just thought that we were moving on.
1: You, you need to tell him it's never going to go away. You know you're like the you know, woman married to the guy who's into latex fetishism who is like I wish that your fetish would just go away and Yeah. his response has to be that's not on the table. It's never going to go away. This is part part. This is part of our thing that we have to work out. And, and you know, yeah, maybe the so deal, maybe the the deal that you need to hammer out with him is because you violated this fucking a dude uh, from work that he knew. Maybe the deal, at least tentatively, should be that you can have sex with someone else at some point. Same deal, but only women.
2: Yeah, and that's kind of, yeah. I th- I think that I think his comfort level is there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes sense,
1: and that, you know, maybe... It's, not, it's, not, maybe it. it's understandable that he would find men more threatening, particularly in a small town, particularly... Totally. You guys know everybody, particularly the way other people perceive uh, non-monogamy, and particularly if you guys aren't openly non-monogamous, because then he has to walk around thinking, these people think I'm a fool. These right, right. I had the wool pulled over my eyes, and then my wife's cheating on me, and I don't well,
2: know. I always make that clear because I don't want I would never want anyone to think that um but um at the same time um. I just, there's something about, and when you are mentioning the organizing before, I mean, I see, I definitely understand the wisdom of that, and maybe if it were somewhere else in another city or whatever. But I guess to me, like, part of the beauty of it and part of what I really enjoyed about having that occasional privilege is just allowing the serendipity of the universe sort of to, you know, you might meet someone, you connect with someone. And I, I don't really feel that with lots of people, but when I do occasionally feel that connection, it's really nice to know
1: right. you can have, that it could. That serendipity can happen, at a Swingers club. I, I, people sometimes, you know, I would never date anybody I met at a swingers club. I've heard people say that who are at swingers clubs. Yeah, and it's just like, well, you would never date you. Are you saying that nobody <laughs> right. should date you?
2: you I'm are? not the kind of person that would do this until right, you
1: do. Yeah, right. right. So it's
2: kind of, I think I, of that
1: I, I don't own stock in any swingers clubs in your area or anywhere else. Yeah. So I'm, not, I'm not pushing it. I'm just, I was just trying to think of a solution where your desire for play with others occasionally can be could be contained in a way that made your husband feel a little more, more comfortable so there wouldn't be this worry that he has about seepage into your regular life or other people knowing or his coworkers knowing or anybody else knowing, which is not to say you might not ever run into a coworker of his at a swing club. Right. You never know. But, do
2: you think it makes sense to begin just open, to trying to talk openly about this at some point in the future again? Yeah, no, you
1: you got to get off. Uh, you have to, you know, go to him on your knees and beg, but then get off your knees and say, "I've done my penance. I've served my time. Um, I've proven to you, uh, you know, I fucked up, and that's why we ended the deal. But we need to accommodate my needs here, and my needs aren't being met, and that's still a problem for us and for my happiness. So, how do we renegotiate it?
2: Yeah. And if he says he's never comfortable, well, it, it does make sense that for a while, and I'd be willing for a while to keep continue having dudes off limits and, you know, see, you
1: know... Maybe if you went a couple of years with, you know, three years where there were six girls... That's a long pre- time. ...for <laughs> another dude. And you prove to him that you could do this again, and you didn't fuck his female co-workers or his female friends or his female relatives or his female
2: Oh, I don't even think he cares. I think that circle is a lot, you know, not quite as limited. But
1: if if you prove that you can honor the terms of the agreement again with training wheels on, meaning just women for a while, maybe then a couple years down the road you could revisit the whole cock talk.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you. Yes, Uh, thank you so much, and I love your show and appreciate everything you do.
1: Good luck.
3: Hi Dan. I'm a 21-year-old straight female, huge fan of the show, and I guess my question's more of a dating protocol question. Um, I just started seeing this guy and we're pretty compatible and we're messing around but not having intercourse yet. He kind of wants to wait, which I think is pretty sweet as the anticipation's pretty hot, but um, in the meantime, we haven't really even broached the subject of being exclusive. An older couple I know has invited me to do a threesome with them, and I'm pretty interested, but I'm not sure what my obligations are to this guy. Um, do I have to bring it up to him if I'm safely sleeping with other people, or is it just enough to be honest if he asks? Um, don't want to be a jerk, but I'd like to get to know him a little bit better in the relationship before I give him all the dirty details.
1: I think you should be honest. Because it's probably what – in this case, I realized I urged dishonesty earlier in the program. But in this case, I totally am down with the honesty is the best policy crowd. Uh, what would you want him to tell you if the shoes were on the other feet? If you were wanting to go slow um, and not ready to become sexually active with him and he came to you uh, down the road after you became sexually active and you found out that he had banged some other couple in a three-way while you guys were feeling your way towards each other, you'd probably be a little upset. He might be a little upset. Uh, It might instigate, at least at the outset, a conversation about who you are sexually and what you're capable of and what you're interested in. And if you go to him now at this stage in the relationship and be honest and say – you, you want to go slow, you're not ready for sex yet, I'm down with that. I have this invite on the side, and I'm ready for sex, and I have this invite over here from this couple, Nothing, no strings attached, Not no relationship in the offing, uh, to be the third in their three-way, and how do you feel about that, and is that okay, and I just wanted to make sure. He may decide that because you would even contemplate being the third in a three-way, that you're not the girl for him, in which case, better to have it end now, right, and better to, to end it, if that's the case, then to fuck those people on the side secretly and then marry this dude who you're not sexually compatible with, if that's how he feels about you uh, even entertaining the thought of being the third in that other couple's three-way.
4: Uh, hi, Dan. I'm a 27-year-old straight now calling with a question about what someone should do if they spend a night with someone who is already in a serious relationship. I recently spent some meeting with some old friends from college, and I ended up sharing a bed with an old friend who I hadn't been in touch with uh, very much at all. She initiated some internet activity, and at the time, I was aware that she had something going on with another man, but I didn't ask any questions. And I was happy to not ask any questions because I was having a great time. Uh, The next day, I checked Facebook, and I saw that they were Facebook official, uh, and that made me feel a little bit weird about what happened. Two or three weeks later, I checked Facebook again, and her relationship status had changed uh, to engaged to this guy. So she's going to marry this guy. It made me feel very weird uh, that I've earned some bad karma of fooling around with her. I'm wondering, what should I do? Uh, am I being all sensitive and noble, or am I just being paranoid? Should I just drop it and forget about it? Is there some sort of etiquette I should follow in the situation, either with her or maybe with this, her future husband? Uh, thanks for any suggestions.
1: Aren't you noble? Aren't you good? That you want to jump out of the woodwork now that they're engaged and totally fuck everything up by, you know, wanting to have a little sit down to process what it all meant that when you two shared a bed before they were engaged, you fucked around. Shut up. You are a, you're malice. You really are. That is that is malice styled in, you know, compassion and concern about honesty. What, a, what kind of a fucking lesbian are you? She wasn't engaged. She was in a relationship. You know, in the engaged, you know, who knows what their relationship allowed for. You don't know if she had the freedom to still dink around a little on the side or he did until they were engaged. They may still have that freedom. They may have an open relationship. But you don't know that. But what we, what we do know is that until people are engaged and until they are married that there's a little latitude there's a little bit of wiggle room around the edges around exclusivity that really marriage is supposed to be the demarcation the the, the the big line in the sand in between your sort of pre-married pre-vows life and your post-married post-vows life so you may have been her last walk in the wild side you may have been her last fling you may have been The thing she did because she wanted some assurance that the guy she was with now really was all that. And she fucked around with you and thought, yeah, I'm not going to do better than him because that guy sucked. All right. And so your job now is to shut the fuck up and not screw up their happiness by tattling, if it's even tattling, on her for doing something that she had every right to do at the time that she did it. All right. So shut the fuck up, Malice. And we're going to leave it there. I realized I was like all for dishonesty and then all for honesty. And then once again, for at least concealment, if not dishonesty, but it's my show and I reserve the right to swing wildly. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you'd like to record a call for a future program, please leave a callback number in case we have a follow-up question for you. If we want to hear about any updates and I love updates, you download us every week at the slash savage. I blog every day, including the savage love letter of the day at slog. The And me and the tech savvy at risk youth will be back into another next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for listening.